Chapter Three of Russian Fairy Tales by William Ralston Shedd and Ralston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Part Four. To another group of personifications belong those of the rivers. About them, many stories are current, generally having reference to their alleged jealousies and disputes. Thus, it is said that when God was allotting their shares to the rivers, the Djezna did not come in time, and so failed to obtain precedence over the Dnieper. Try and get before him yourself, said the Lord. The Djezna set off at full speed, but in spite of all her attempts, the Dnieper always kept ahead of her until he fell into the sea, where the Djezna was obliged to join him. About the Volga and its affluent the Vazuza, the following story is told. Vazuza and Volga Volga and Vazuza had a long dispute as to which was the wiser, the stronger, and the more worthy of high respect. They wrangled and wrangled, but neither could gain the mastery in the dispute, so they decided upon the following course. "'Let us lie down together to sleep,' they said, "'and whichever of us is the first to rise, and the quickest to reach the Caspian Sea, she shall be held to be the wiser of us too, and the stronger and worthier of respect. So Volga lay down to sleep, down lay Vazuza also, but during the night Vazuza rose silently, fled away from Volga, chose the nearest and straightest line, and flowed away. When Volga awoke, she set off neither slowly nor hurriedly, but with just befitting speed. At Zubstov she came up with the Vazuza, so threatening was her mane that Vazuza was frightened, declared herself to be the Volga's younger sister, and besought Volga to take her in her arms and bear her to the Caspian Sea, and so to this day Vazuza is the first to awake in the spring, and then she arouses Volga from her wintry sleep. The government of Tula, of similar tradition, is current about the Don and the Shat, both of which flow out of Lake Ivan. Lake Ivan had two sons, Shat and Don. Shat, contrary to his father's wishes, wanted to roam abroad, so he set out on his travels, but go whither he would, he could get received nowhere, so after fruitless wanderings he returned home. But Don, in return for his constant quietness—the river is known as the Quiet Don— obtained his father's blessing, and he boldly set out on a long journey. On the way he met a raven, and asked it where it was flying. "'To the blue sea,' answered the raven. "'Let's go together.' Well, they reached the sea. Don thought to himself, "'If I dive right through the sea, I shall carry it away with me.' "'Raven,' he said, "'do me a service. I am going to plunge into the sea.' but do you fly over to the other side. As soon as you reach the opposite shore, give a croak. Don plunged into the sea. The raven flew and croaked, but too soon. Don remained just as he appears at the present day. In White Russia there is a legend about two rivers, the beginning of which has evidently been taken from the story of Jacob and Esau. Soj and Dnieper there once was a blind old man called Dvina. He had two sons, the elder called Soj and the younger Dnieper. 
Soyge was of a boisterous turn, and went roving about the forests, the hills, and the plains, but Dnieper was remarkably sweet-tempered, and he spent all his time at home, and was his mother's favorite. Once, when Soyge was away from home, the old father was deceived by his wife into giving the elder son's blessing to the younger son. Thus spake Dvina, while blessing him, Dissolve, my son, into a wide and deep river. Flow past towns and bathe villages without number as far as the blue sea. Thy brother shall be thy servant. Be rich and prosperous to the end of time. Dnieper turned into a river, and flowed through fertile meadows and dreamy woods. But after three days, Soyge returned home and began to complain. If thou dost desire to become superior to thy brother, said his father, speed swiftly by hidden ways, through dark untrodden forests, and if thou can outstrip thy brother, he will have to be thy servant. Away sped Soyge on the chase through untrodden places, washing away swamps, cutting out gullies, tearing up oaks by the roots. The vulture told the Dnieper of this, and he put on extra speed, tearing his way through high hills rather than turn on one side. Meanwhile Soyge persuaded the raven to fly straight to Dnieper, and as soon as it had come up with him to croak three times, he himself was to burrow under the earth, intending to leap to the surface at the cry of the raven, and by that means to get before his brother, but the vulture fell on the raven. The raven began to croak before he had caught up to the river Dnieper. Up burst Soyge from underground, and fell straight into the waves of the Dnieper. Here is an account of The Metamorphosis of the Dnieper, the Volga, and the Dvina. The Dnieper, Volga, and Dvina used once to be living people. The Dnieper was a boy, and the Volga and Dvina his sisters. While they were still in childhood, they were left complete orphans, and as they hadn't a crust to eat, they were obliged to get their living by daily labor beyond their strength. When was that? Very long ago, say the old folks, beyond the memory even of our great-grandfathers. Well, the children grew up, but they never had even the slightest bit of good luck. Every day, from morn till eve, it was always toil and toil, and merely for the day's subsistence. As for their clothing, it was just what God sent them. They sometimes found rags on the dust heaps, and with these they managed to cover their bodies. The poor things had to endure cold and hunger. Life became a burden to them. One day, after toiling hard afield, they sat down under a bush to eat their last morsel of bread, and when they had eaten it they cried and sorrowed for a while, and considered and held counsel together as how they might manage to live, to have food and clothing, and without toiling to supply others with meat and drink. Well, this is what they resolved, to set out wandering about the wide world in search of good luck and kindly welcome, and to look for and find out the best places in which they could turn into great rivers. For that was a possible thing then. Well, they walked and walked, not one year only, nor two years, but all but three, and they chose the places they wanted and came to an agreement as to where the flowing of each one should begin, and all three of them stopped to spend the night in a swamp. 
but the sisters were more cunning than their brother no sooner was the dnieper asleep than they rose up quietly chose the best and most sloping places and began to flow away when the brother awoke in the morning not a trace of his sisters was to be seen then he became wroth and made haste to pursue them but on the way he bethought himself and decided that no man can run faster than a river so he smote the ground and flowed in pursuit as a stream through gullies and ravines he rushed and the further he went the fiercer did he become but when he came within a few versts of the seashore his anger calmed down and he disappeared in the sea and his two sisters who had continued running from him during his pursuit separated in different directions and fled to the bottom of the sea but while the dnieper was rushing along in anger he drove his way between steep banks therefore it is that his flow is swifter than that of the volga and the dvina therefore also it is that he has many rapids and many mouths there is a small stream which falls into lake ilmen on its western side and which is called chorny ruchey the black brook on the banks of this brook a long time ago a certain man set up a mill and the fish came and implored the stream to grant them its aid saying we used to have room enough to be at our ease but now an evil man is taking away the water from us and the result was this one of the inhabitants of novgorod was angling in the brook chorny up came a stranger to him dressed all in black who greeted him and said do me a service i will show thee a place where the fish swarm what is that service when thou art in novgorod thou wilt meet a tall big moujik in a plaited blue caftan wide blue trousers and a high blue hat say to him uncle ilmin the chorney has sent thee a petition and has told me to say that a mill has been set in his way and thou mayst think fit to order so shall it be the novgorod man promised to fulfil his request and the black stranger showed him a place where the fish sworn by the thousands with rich booty did the fisherman return to novgorod where he met the moujik with the blue caftan and gave him the petition the ilmen answered give my complaints to the brook chorny and say to him about the mill there used not to be one and so there shall not be one this commission also the novgorod man fulfilled and behold during the night the brook chorny ran riotous lake ilmen waxed boisterous a tempest rose and the raging waters swept away the mill in old times sacrifices were regularly paid to lakes and streams in russia just as they were in germany and in other lands and even at the present day the common people are in the habit of expressing by some kind of offering their thanks to a river on which they have made a prosperous voyage it is said that Stjenka razin the insurgent chief of the don cossacks in the seventeenth century once offered a human sacrifice to the volga among his captives was a persian princess to whom he was warmly attached but one day when he was fevered with wine as he sat at the ship's side and musingly regarded the waves he said o mother volga thou great river much hast thou given me of gold and silver and of all good things thou hast nursed me and nourished me and covered me with glory and honour but i have in no way shown thee my gratitude 
Here is something for thee. Take it. And with these words he caught up the princess and flung her into the water. Just as rivers might be conciliated by honor and sacrifice, so they could be irritated by disrespect. One of the old songs tells how a youth comes riding to the Smorodina and beseeches that stream to show him a ford. His prayer is granted, and he crosses to the other side. Then he takes to boasting and says, People talk about the Smorodina, saying that no one can cross it, whether on foot or on horseback, but it is no better than a pool of rainwater. But when the time comes for him to cross again, the river takes its revenge and drowns him in its depths, saying all the while, It is not I, but thy own boasting that drowns thee. End of part four. Recording by Kevin Davidson. www.blogordie.com.